You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Haksu wanted to be a diplomat. Haksu wanted to be the next Stephen Hawking. Instead, he became a world-class opera singer who traveled the world, eventually becoming a superstar sommelier in New York City, and his story isn't even close to over. DOTJ starts now. Okay, so I'm sitting with uh, Haksu, uh, top sommelier per se, uh, has a long, interesting uh, journey that we're going to go through right now. Um, I'll tell you, I first met you at, thank you for being on, by the way. My pleasure. Yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, my, one of the best meals I ate, uh, you were the beverage director at Jung Sik. Yes. And I went with a very good friend of mine, Patrick, and we had dinner, and your wine pairings were spectacular. Mm. I will never forget the kimchi uni rice right. that I had there that you paired with the champagne. That's uh, just kind of uh, blew me away. Yeah. But something that blew me away more than the food and the and the um, the wine pairing was the fact that my friend Patrick said, "Oh no no no, uh, Haksu is uh, he's going to be leaving soon. He's going to be he travels the world. He's an opera singer." Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, he's an opera singer, yeah. beverage director, like, how do these worlds come together? And that's what we're going to be talking about uh, uh, today, but man, what a great uh, restaurant that was, uh, seamless service there, uh, and I'm just, I was floored, I've never heard of anything like that. You take some time off to go travel the world and sing yeah. uh, opera. Oh, fortunately, I had a great deal. I mean, they, yeah. when I first joined Chungshik um, to be a captain, um, they already knew that I had another career going, mm-hmm. and I, w- I was already able to take some time off, and at that time, I was just a captain, so whenever I took off, and then somebody else would cover, or a manager would cover for a couple months that I was gone. And then, as I was picking up more responsibilities, and everybody asked me, so how did you become a sommelier? I just kept saying yes. <laughs> you know, when I was a captain, uh, I was working with Kyungmun who Kyungmun Kim, who's now a master sommelier, right. and uh, he won a trip to go to Italy uh, through the, through Banfi, right. and then, and then he asked me, "Oh, Haksu, you do you like wine?" I was like, "Yes, I love wine. Would you like to study about wine?" I was like, "Sure." So I started studying, and it's like, "Oh, you know, you'd be really helpful if you could, you know, touch the bottle, help me do some cellar work." you know just looking at the label you know those things could be very helpful for you and I said okay sounds good I'll help you in the cellar so I started helping in the cellar and they said oh I want this uh, trip to go to Italy Um, so do you think you would want to go for certification for sommelier I like, sounds good. You know, certification always is helpful. Sure. It never hurts. Right. So, okay. So, I, I went through level one, level two of the Court of Master Sommelier's um, exams. And mm. then I finally got the certification to be a sommelier. And then Kyung was, okay, so now can you cover for me on the floor? I was like, sure. So, that's how I became yeah, a sommelier. an ulterior motive. Yeah. Uh, and then, but <laughs> how cool is that? You're traveling the world singing. Yeah. 
uh, and you're and you're in Italy and you're in Japan and you're I mean like world opera stages yeah and then you're coming back to like you know be a beverage director and right. and uh, uh, so we gotta we gotta figure like first how did you fall in love with opera um, I grew up with a mother who was a huge classical music fan and she always believed that um, music helps you know development mm-hmm. Of personality and and then she's right. It help helps you you know get uh, be smarter. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, she always had uh, music on. I even remember seeing a radio uh, over my head. You know, that's one of the vague early childhood wow. memories. Wow. Yeah, and she always had the music on. And of course, um, when I was little, I started taking piano, and that I hated it because I couldn't. I was not disciplined enough to practice sure. um, every day, and and it was okay. And then, um, and then when I was about thirteen, yeah, when I was about thirteen years old, yes, I wanted to become a uh, like a, the next Stephen Hawking. I wanted to learn about black hole, and I wanted to go to a science special science high school, and I needed to take exam for it. Right. And, and and you're in uh, South Korea. Yeah, right? at this as time as I was in South okay. Korea, okay. in 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 the heart of Seoul, mm-hmm. Seoul, where my uh, family still lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and then I uh, was worried about my music grade because I needed to get us like ninety percentile in every single subject, and I have been a pretty good singer and a good musician but I just couldn't sing anymore hmm. and I, I was I was very worried and nobody in my family was a singer and nobody knew that I was going through the voice change oh. you know adolescence sure yeah so yeah. I um, started practicing on my own I my my mother had a huge collection of LP records of you know Korean operatic singers you know singing right. so I started imitating these guys and then uh I did that for about a year, and then my music teacher once told me, you know, like, you just practiced on your own imitating recordings, and you made a pretty good progress within one year. Maybe wow. um, maybe you have a talent. Would you consider taking a voice lesson? So I was like, you know, at, at this time, I kind of enjoyed making improvements on my own, and sure. I kind of fell in love with singing. So I was like, okay, sure, sounds good. So I'll start taking voice lessons. It, and it, that's I how see I this thread it. of like, I see this bead of passion that is yeah. rolling through everything yeah. you do. I want to be Stephen Hawking. I want to discover yeah. black holes. Yeah. I want to do, I'm going to be a singer. I want to be a psalm. Yeah. I'm going to get certified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep saying yes. No. Say yes to the opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a good mantra, right? Yeah. Say yes to the opportunities. And so yeah. you're, so you're singing, and you're still in Korea. And mm-hmm. uh, when do you come to the United States? And, and then, how old um, are you then? And and what's going on then? And then I kept taking voice lessons, and and then um, doing competitions, mm-hmm. um, and I just kept singing. And my grandparents hated it because, you know, like traditionally, um, entertainers and artists were the bottom class uh, old days and uh, during wow. during old dynasty right uh, in the Confucianism you know politicians and philosophers they're the highest of course teachers are very well respected and then artists entertainers and butchers are like the bottom of the class why why put the butchers in there <laughs> I was, I'm an artist creative person actor also and yeah. like yeah well you're always looking for your next meal and yeah your parents at scares the crap out of your parents like oh my god my son is not going to be able to you know take yeah. care of himself right yeah. financially uh. yeah. so my, my grandparents are why are you trying to be in a 
be a, be a clown and oh and, wow and i was like I'm, it's, it's fun i'm not trying to be a clown i'm just trying to learn and this is this is this is a good opportunity anyways um so i secretly took voice lessons every like two every other week wow. um just for an hour and I'm, i had a great teacher and um eventually i ended up going to high school just a regular high school mm. and, and i ended up not wanting to do the to be at the next Stephen Hawking anymore right. and by that at this time I was, it was in early um, 90s so okay. there was there was a lot of events you know the fall of fall of Soviet Union sure and the reunification of Germany and right. that got me thinking you know how come Germany was able to achieve that and the Korea is just still struggling to have any kind of um, positive reinforcement with sure. reunification and that got me thinking about diplomacy and how the world works and I had an opportunity to go to Japan as an exchange student right. and I <coughs> saw how Japanese government was so organized and, and they mm. were doing you know step by step they had a long term goal and right. they were um, kind of going at it while Korea politicians are you know, just fighting and fighting fighting and yeah. nothing was getting done and at this time um, there was a um, huge trade negotiation mm -hmm. uh, between America and Korea as for rice okay so Korea of course um, we that's our primary food source rice right. and we tried to be independent uh, for that primary food source. So, so North and South coming together yeah. on this trade deal? Uh, no, just, just, just South, South okay. Korea. Okay. So we were trying to be independent, so we blocked importation of rice. Ah, and okay. America wanted to open up the, the rice market. Mm -hmm. And it was a very sensitive subject because, you know, the, this is a primary thing, and now we are, it, by opening the 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 market for the rice the rice price is going to go down and a lot of farmers are going to be to get hit right this is happening for no reason because we have no problem with the rice supply why right. are we all of a sudden unnecessarily <coughs> opening the trade door and and sacrificing the farmers right the price is yeah. going to go through the go yeah. through the floor right yeah and then and then and then like people were like burning themselves wow. and there was a huge demonstration about how incompetent diplomats are in in, in south korea so uh, being a you know <coughs> adolescent boy with the boiling blood right. and i was like you know what i'm gonna go to america i want to be a diplomat so that i can fix these things wow. you know contribute to korean education and have a little stronger voice in the in the in the trade market like korea decided to just open the market one day right while japan negotiated a step-by-step -step deal mm -hmm. with the united states so they were gradually opening over right. the period of five years so i was like why couldn't we do that why sure <laughs> yeah. korean korean government official completely failed so did you see yourself as a, like long-term trying to fix these trade deals and at the same time bring north and south korea together yeah. as a sovereign nation was yeah. that a goal in your so young like, mind you know young, right. in my young mind i right. wanted to be a good diplomat and wow. and and work with this you know international environment mm -hmm. to better position korea wow yeah and so, so then the reality happens you get here so <laughs> i got here when i was 17 and uh, there was uh, wow. back in 1995 and then i decided to go to private boarding school mm -hmm. i left korea um 
after I completed like half of junior year, mm-hmm. but um, I really didn't have formal education in in the United States, so I decided to just go back all the way back to freshman. Wow! So okay. I basically had six and a half years of high school <laughs> in like two different countries. Um, so I came here to be a to be a diplomat, and I wanted to, but I didn't really know anybody. So I ended up going to private boarding school in Hudson, Ohio, that is like near Cleveland, about thirty miles south of Cleveland, very close to Akron, Ohio. I'm loving the young opera singer. Now diplomat ending yeah. up in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, quite a story. I had some building rel- here. <laughs> yeah, I had some relatives in Chicago, and I was like, okay. <clears throat> compared with Boston, Cleveland seems relatively closer. So <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, yeah. how how everything clicked. Although um, I got to tell you, in. if you picked up a Boston accent, that would have been brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I know it would have been very I'm funny. From Boston, so yeah, yeah it would have been very <laughs> funny. So um, I I can't I was going to boarding school and uh, first year my uh, choir teacher I mean I did a research I was pretty much set in Korean high school to go to pretty good university mm-hmm. uh, and I had to fight against my my parents and my family to really persuade them to let me come to United States mm-hmm. and uh, and and for that, I needed to get into equally prestigious um, university and college. Um, so I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And of course, and I, I knew that I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it in two years. That's why I decided, okay, if I give myself four years, I think right. I'm going to be much better set up to go to more famous college and universities. So, okay, let's do that. And then, of course, you know, in order to go to these institutions, you have to of course, first get a good grade, but you need to have something else, right? Being a, being a good athlete or, or I don't know, be a... I think I know where this is Yeah, going. editor of a <laughs> right. school newspaper or right. going like a debate club or, you know, these things. So did you go in singing? So I was like, okay, I can do... I, I don't think I can be a football player. I, I don't think I can be a soccer player or lacrosse player. Right. Uh, so let's do music because I have been doing this for a long time. And right. I said, like, okay. So I decided to join choir, and choir teacher heard me sing, and I was already 17 when I was a freshman. I had a very, very developed um, operatic voice, and I won many first prizes in my um, age group Mm -hmm. in in Korea. So I was a very um, established already. Um, So she heard me sing, and she was so excited. So she was, uh, at that time, I was able to speak English, but listening and understanding was a problem right um so she was telling me like a lot of different things and all i could pick up was audition right um (coughs) choir pilots it's like the trump test yeah television woman like you're trying to string the words together right yeah so i was like oh my god you know it's just so cool so she wants me to audition for the choir who sings with pilots (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. This is the United States. I love pilots. You know, I love fighter jet. I love like to see look at like the sky right. and flying. Wow. And, like yeah. this is so cool. This is this is totally America. Yeah. I totally, totally want to audition for this thing. So I auditioned. And then a few weeks later, somebody told me, Oh, how's your casted? I was like, Casted is it is a good thing? Uh, yeah, is, it, is, yeah. is it castrated? No, casted <laughs> is it not castrated. So I guess right. it's a good thing. And they were like, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful congratulations and blah blah blah. And uh, 
And in one of the morning meetings, choir teacher made an announcement and said, whoever's casted, please come see me at the theater, school theater. Right. And I was like, okay. So I showed up and then she hands me this thick score and says, Haksu, you need to memorize this. And then I looked at the title. It says, Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a musical. So I yeah, auditioned right, right. for Pirates yeah. of Penzance. It had <laughs> Not nothing, to do, nothing to do with <laughs> pilots. So that's when I actually fell in love with the whole performance of Ah, cool. And what, of what college was this? Uh, no, this was a Western Reserve Academy. So okay. that's the oh, name cool. of a uh, high school okay. that I uh, oh, cool. went to. And so what uh, prestigious university did you end up going to that so I ended up made your parents North. happy? <laughs> so, this, so this is another thing. So I was, when I was senior, uh, at this time, I did not want to be... A, I did not want to work for government anymore because like all governments are corrupt. <laughs> and I was like, no, that you was know, a quick realization. Yeah, yeah. it's like politicians <laughs> are going to be politicians. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to be able to make a difference <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. They're the biggest whores yeah. on the planet. Yeah, so Sorry, I was like, but, you know, yeah. okay, uh, so what, what else can I do? So I was like, okay, maybe I can do some... At that time, there was... Uh, I watched a lot of documentary about right. brain, the power of brain, how little we use you know what's the full capacity right. and capability when right. we fully use the brain right. and you know that kind of thing so i was very interested in the brain um, research and then i think there's a little add going on here yeah right? <laughs> what's that hey i think i'll try that <laughs> yeah so, so okay that sounds right. really good so right. um and then i had been in living in you know small town right. in ohio just singing and and studying and i was curious where my um how capable i was as as a, as a musician mm -hmm. so i decided to see for myself by applying to top top music schools and i applied to double degree program so that i can it can my singing can really help me to get into those good schools. Right. And then I got into Juilliard, but I did not get into Columbia. Huh. So Juilliard actually was pretty impressed with my audition. So they they called me and they they offered me a separate admission. They were like, oh, you know, we know that you applied for the double degree program and you did not get into that program. However, we'll be very happy to accept you at, at Juilliard if you would like to to join wow. us and then That's I and then I was accepted to Northwestern and then they gave me money on top of it <laughs> so done deal yeah so I was like okay <laughs> makes I'll your go parents to happy yeah I was like okay right. I'll, I'll yeah. go to Northwestern yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then also I was afraid that um, if I go to Juilliard then I would just be stuck with music and if I True. go to Amherst I'll be just stuck with academics but if right. I had gone if I go to Northwestern then I would have more options yeah. so I ended up going to Northwestern and then also, you know, I think I just have a tendency of being overly curious about life. Right. So that's a good thing to be. I didn't. I didn't know what I what I wanted to do. I I didn't. I I, I realized that I was not smart enough to be a to go to med school or law right. school. So I decided, okay, maybe I can do econ just like everybody else and right. see if I can, you know, go into investment banking, make my parents proud. But the more I studied economics, the more I hated it. I mean, I mean it was more about numbers and statistics and it was, it was never really 
I didn't feel like I was coming learning anything that is tr- true. That's a long way from an opera stage. Yeah. Right. So tell me how you dug back into opera. Where you put your heels and said, "This is what I'm going to do." Yeah. So I went to Germany, and then I for a year, and then I came back. And when I came back, I was taking a seminar with a visiting professor um, from Germany, and and at the same time. I had auditioned for school uh, school opera mm-hmm. through a school of music, and I had a lead role there. And I had a lot of rehearsals um, schedules, so I was kind of getting behind in my uh, German seminar assignments. So one day I talked to my professor and said, "Hey, professor, I know that I'm getting really behind with my assignments and and and, and seminar." Um, but here's the thing: I have been I have been involved with the school opera. So here here is what I suggest you: Why don't you come and see the show? And if you really like it, maybe you could give me an extension and understand it. If you wow. don't like it, then maybe you can Look just at you give bartering. me the. That's great. <laughs> give me give me the grade that you think I deserve. Wow, that's a pretty brilliant move on your yeah. part. The good negotiation. Yeah. So he came to the show. <laughs> so he came to the show and he said, "Haksa, I need to talk to you." And I was like, "Okay." She's like, okay, why don't you come to my apartment and then we'll just talk about it. And right. I was like, okay, that sounds good. So I went to his apartment and then he was, you know, living in the faculty apartment. Mm-hmm. And, and when I visited him, he had walls full of classical music CDs. Ah. Uh, you know, like Europeans, you know, right. they're very, they keep their private life very separate. Right. So it turned out that he was a huge, huge classical music fan. And then he basically told me, he was like, he cooked me dinner. And he, he wow. was like, you know, I'm not really interested in your point of view on in my seminar. Mm. I, I don't really care what you say in my <laughs> seminar. The seminar was the specifically was about the political point of view of German scientists who deflected from Nazi Germany. He's like... <laughs> Including Einstein and all these like Oppenheimer and all these people. And he was like, I don't really care about what you have to say about these people. (laughs) Wow. I will just give you the great you want and then let's just talk about music. And you know, you know, I'm really interested in magical moment. Yeah, it's like I'm really interested in your perspective on performances and like these opera that opera, you know, you you seem to know a lot of them. So let's, you know, how great is that? Get together whenever you know, your your right. schedule and my schedule work out, and then maybe we go see a show and 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 then we just talk music. And I That's was like, cool. Okay, I was like, that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so now you're de- definitely off. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do opera. Tell me your first big opera gig. Yeah, what that was like, and now you're like, this is what I'm gonna do. So I lived that. St- you know, starving artist life, auditioning every day. <laughs> right. You know, having a, a job in a retail store. At sure. the time, I was working at Tumi Store in Columbus Circle. Right after Time Warner Center opened up. Great bags. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did that for four years, and I finally had a break. Um, some old old manager had an opportunity to hear me, and he was so excited. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that he was a mentor for Placido Domingo. Wow. So he sent me to Placido Domingo. To audition your uh, first audition my was Placido Domingo. I had many many auditions <laughs> but it was this was a final like the big wow. break so I auditioned for Placido Domingo and I, I remember I walked in there and there was like Placido Domingo <laughs> wow. sitting across the street uh, across the, uh, over the table on the other yeah. side of the room and I was like oh my god you know this is a guy 
he like I was fascinated by singing because he came to Seoul for the first for the first time in like right. 1992 or 91 or around right. there, and then I was so impressed by. His performance, and he was like, "Oh my God, that was my hero!" Right, and he's just sitting across the room from me, and I'm singing for him. And I was like so starstruck, and right. then I, and then I sang, and then he said, "Oh, you know, I'll take you. I will give you a position in uh, Los Angeles Opera as my apprentice." Wow! So I finally had a break, uh, so I moved to LA and then started my uh, apprentice um, young artist program. We call it. It's yeah. like a resident. It's resident young artist, uh, resident artist program. It's That's like an apprentice. Pretty yeah. amazing. So I did yeah. that for two years, and then when I was accepted to that, I was I just had just turned thirty, so okay. I ah, I barely boom. made it right <laughs> to my deadline. Squeezed it out under, right under the wire. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. So I mean, so, so the, it's great. You come back to New York, and now you're. You start. You do start traveling because you left Jungsik uh, yeah. to travel. Yeah. Uh, so, what like your favorite? If you could pick a stage to sing on in an area to sing, yeah. What stage would it be? Because you've now traveled or you've been traveling. Yeah, I would love to. I had I had a really great time in Barcelona. Wow. Yeah, and okay. they have a they have a beautiful theater in Barcelona. So I, w- I would love to go there. And people, is the, the Spaniards, they were fantastic. I mean, Catalans. Yeah, passionate. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're passionate and they're so nice. Right. Yeah, I really loved it. Um, and if you could, what aria would you sing in Barcelona? I would love to do like a Rigoletto or right. Barbara Seville there or even Cenerentola by Rossini, which is like the, the Rossini's version of Cinderella. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah, Prince Ramiro is a fantastic role. Mm-hmm. One of my most successful roles was, um, was Cenerentola and uh, Rigoletto. Yeah, okay. the Rigoletto was was it's it's Rigoletto actually is my favorite favorite opera. Okay, yeah. so uh, take me like cl- close your eyes for one second. Mm-hmm. Pretend you're going to be going on stage mm-hmm. in like a w- two minutes before. Tell me yeah. what that feels like. The the energy, what you do, what calms you down. What do you think of? Um, yeah. It's always very nerve-wracking. <laughs> I close my eyes, and uh, and the funny thing is, uh, oftentimes, um, I would, I would be. There are some oper- like Vigoletto, for instance. I open the scene. Toughest thing to do. Yeah. Open for sure. And then I'm uh, listening to this overture, and then I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, I really hope that the overture is not over soon. <laughs> am I ready? Am I ready? And I'm just clearing my throat. I'm like, am I hydrated? Uh, am I well rested? Am I good to go? And then in my other side, I'm like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. You yeah. know, you have, you have done so many rehearsals. Just do it. You can yeah, yeah. do it. You know, you, you, you have muscle memory. Just rely on that. Yeah. And just have fun. Just have fun. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that is the, the words of advice. I, I've heard like professional athletes, yeah. uh, comics, actors, they like this one minute before they get hit the yeah. stage, they're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't stand doing this. Yeah. And then of course, then the magic happens. But there's that one moment of that, yeah. that Gethsemane second where you doubt everything. <laughs> like, yeah. What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you just walk out onto the, onto the, on the stage and then conductors, you know, he has his uh, baton up and mm-hmm. waiting for you. And then you, had, you look up and you have like the spotlight on you. Yeah. And then you look around and everybody's looking at you to go. And yeah. I'm like... <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and opera singers uh, are very particular about their instrument, their voice. Yeah. They have like they're some are superstitious. They're going to eat the same thing. They're going to do the same thing. Right. Talk about what that's like. I mean, you have to keep yourself in singing. Shape. Yes, I. 
first of all, I think psychologically, you you need to be best prepared. Hmm. So you're going to avoid anything that gets away, gets on the way. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I love wine, but I'm not going to be drinking because if I feel that. I am dehydrated. I'm going to blame it on that one glass of wine that I had. And I'm going to be like, oh, you know, like I could have sound really, really so much better. But oh, darn, you know, I, sh- I shouldn't have had that glass of wine. And I'm going to just like blame myself yeah. on it. So any of those like things that I possibly could blame myself on, I wouldn't do it. So first of all, I wouldn't go um, public. I wouldn't go to the mall. I wouldn't go to movie theater because... Then if I get sick, then I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have been exposed to so many people. And then you know, no drinking and a lot of um, exercise because, you know, you need to get your metabolism going. So it sounds like you're using like uh, quarantine protocol, yeah, COVID yeah. protocol COVID to keep protocol. yourself. Like, yeah. And, uh, uh, and during during this pandemic, and I w- I was thinking to myself, why am I so comfortable doing this? <laughs> and I was like, oh, because I have been doing it for a long time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, just cook, be safe, work out, and if you just sit at home, you also can't get good night's sleep. So yeah, you need sleep. to like regularly exercise to make sure, you know, just keep your body going <clears throat> and really take care of of your body in 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 the best way You're that right. you can and and right. that's it no Be- more no excuses because there are notes there are i know uh, a couple of people sing opera and there are notes that that induces fear yeah in yeah. them they know they have to hit this high note and yeah. some days they're like, i yeah. just don't know if i can get there today yeah. and then and then yeah. also i have had great experience when i had noodle soup <laughs> <laughs> Like right. hearty, spicy noodle soup for some reason just opens my system up really quickly. So, so you have yeah. your, you had so your like before the show, I know people are like, you can't eat spicy food because you're gonna irritate your vocal cord and all this stuff. I'm like, I, yeah. I I just have to do it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I know mm-hmm. a, a colleague who has to drink a glass of Coca Cola before stepping on stage. Oh wow, that's yeah, this. I mean, the that's, superstition. Yeah. yeah. This, if you had a great <clears throat> night of performance after you do something, then you feel yeah. like you need to repeat I'll, the same thing oh, in order yeah, yeah. to do the For next sure. one. Yeah. I think I think uh, quarantine the opera. Uh, maybe you should write it. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> man falls in love with a beautiful woman <laughs> who's got a mask on and sees her fall <laughs> off at the barricade, and yeah. you could write the music. We'll, we'll I'll write the story. You write the music. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. <clears throat> so. What are the comparisons you feel of? Uh, so y- you fall in love with wine somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the comparison working at, per se, or one of these culinary temples to be, to opera? I mean, there's similarities. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> opera basically means work. Hmm. I mean, works basically. It's 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 a collective art. It's a hmm. collective art form. There is a dancer. There's a dance piece. There is a orchestra. There's soloist. There's a conductor. There's costume department. There's a lighting department. There are so many of different components. And then working in the restaurant, same thing. There's a chef. There's an expediter. Under chef, there are line cooks. And there are managers. There's, there are you know, back servers. There are <coughs> captains. There are so hmm. many different components. And, and for, the, from, for the guest, you know, everything needs to come together. Hmm. And when it comes together, it basically becomes a collective art form that creates great memory. Mm-hmm. and great experience I think it's the same thing and and also just like I would get an applause on stage when 
the food is great and the wine tastes pairs well right and then you can see it from their face you know they get so excited and it completely opens a person up even the terminology we use yeah. this this pairing sings yeah um, yeah. I, I I love music, and I think yeah. there's such a parallel between music and wine. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. Speaking of which, we're going to take one second. Mm-hmm. It is called drinking on the job. We're going to I usually match a wine to the person who's here. Okay. This is from a very small pr- producer in uh, Umbria. It's uh, uh, Antano. It's San- Sagrantino. So uh, it's an Umbrian wine. Sagrantino is powerful, um, deep, complex, interesting. Uh, tells a lot of stories like your personal journey and um, I think it's a it was a perfect match particularly because it's cold today but it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite winter ones but mm-hmm. it is it does have your kind of like power um, I've heard you sing I've seen you on YouTube yeah. um, actually I'll tell you a very funny story you and I had sushi we can talk about this oh yeah uh, you took me to your favorite sushi ha- house yeah. uh, up in Harlem yes and after a bunch of people left, but we were sitting there and the chef and we drank too many bottles <laughs> and you actually closed our evening out by singing yeah. an aria That's on a, the floor. Yeah, so one of my favorite, favorite pairing food and wine experiences is sushi and champagne. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things that, that charges me back charges my battery of, yeah. of, of life actually that night we drank billicart we drank uh we, we had some gruner you brought a uh, aged gruner yes. right? yeah yeah, yeah. Was, uh, i think it's schmarack uh Knoll, emery Knoll. yeah, I yeah think. it was like Absolutely. six or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. one or six yep yeah and we and then we had some aus, old aus laser and, and then anthony we, brought an old cortone yeah and the uh, cortone, white uh yeah. it was like we brought too many wines, but you, the chef loves you so much that he sat and drank with us. And yeah. uh, by the end, I think he felt like he could have sang some opera. Yeah. Uh, but it was a fantastic evening. Yeah. And, um, and that's, I was going to say, give me your under the radar uh, places to, uh, to dine. Per- yeah. First, give us your favorite sushi place. Give us your favorite so Korean place. I, lo- I, I particularly follow a specific sushi chef because even when you go to a restaurant, there mm-hmm. will be a different sushi chefs. And, and sushi chefs basically have their own rice container, right? Mm. So they have their own rice that, that is personal to them. So that's basically why you have to <coughs> choose what, which sushi chef you're going to follow. So and, and the rice is that subtle uh, yeah. chef to chef, yeah. correct? Yeah, it's yeah. very subtle. And, and the way they season it or what they season with mm. and the temperature of the rice and all that stuff. So um, Chef Nakajima was the one for me. I mean, yeah. I liked his sushi a lot. And, and you followed him from generation. place to place. Yeah, yeah. he has yeah. moved to three different uh, restaurants, but I always followed him. And then now he finally uh, opened his own uh, place in Chinatown nak- called Nakaji. Oh, So that's his nickname, Nakajima. But, you know, Japanese <coughs> like to shorten things. So okay. instead of going Nakajima, they just go Nakaji. Where, so where is Nakaji? So people listening can go and support? So it's in Chinatown. Okay. Uh, and I think it's Bowery. Um, I think it's a few blocks away from the um, the noodle town. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. Pe- people can look it up and find it. And I'll, yeah. I'll put it in it's the... called Nakaji. And on, the, on the website. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a omakase chef counter. Very small. And right now they're also doing the, the COVID... Uh, under the COVID operation mm. so they have like I heard I haven't be, been there but there were like black sea glasses okay. that, that yeah. separates different different parties so that you can feel safe Th- and has a really wonderful Japanese whiskey collection that is very exclusive oh, well. yeah 
So, um, <laughs> so is that our next place we're going to? Yeah, I think because we we're going to follow the chef. I'm going to follow. <laughs> that was one of the best meals I've ever had. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, and for sushi. Like. And he's doing really, really well now uh, because he has a. a, a enough followers that he is actually flying ingredients from japan twice a week wow yeah so that's what's important when people say hey you know i know the sushi place it's really cheap and it's all i'm like no 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 i I don't think so what do you think of the wine that's like i I love it i love the texture and like it's i love this fresh acidity Mm -hmm. that that gives a very high tone Mm -hmm. almost like a violin but sagrantino has a lot of depth yeah. That that includes cello and double bass. So nice. the, the spectrum mm. of the right. wine is is quite wide, uh, wide. Mm. So much um, diverse. Um, yeah, and then the texture is great. You know, I wine is a sensory experience, just like sure. music. You know, it it enters your palate and then it kind of travels. Um, Mm-hmm. different parts and then yeah. you you send it is like there is like one two three four five six seven eight you know there is a continuation of right. different sensations that you experience when you do the wine just like the wavelength just like the voice how sure. the voice and the it's it's a wave you know music mm-hmm. sound is a is a wavelength mm-hmm. and i feel like wine is also similarly oh, yeah. it's it has that that mm-hmm. wavelength as well so i think that is something that the music and and wine have mm-hmm. um in in common um, and so it's a same kind of terminology tone, yeah. tone length finish yeah, length finish um and what so you, we've got yeah. your sushi what's your favorite um korean restaurant would you recommend i love going to um flushing for korean food okay yeah um i love different kinds of uh fresh shellfish mm-hmm. and a uh, flushing has a uh, this restaurant called um, Jejudo, which okay. is actually a name of an island huh. on the southern tip of Korean Peninsula. It's basically a Ho- uh, Korean version of Hawaii. That's okay. where people go for honeymoon. <laughs> to vacation. Yeah, <laughs> because it's a southern tip, so it's right. got like a palm trees mm. and warmer climate. Right. And they have a very interesting culture. It's all just like Hawaii. It's also a volcanic island, so there are really strange, bizarre things that volcano had formed you know weird right. shape of you know rock and yeah, yeah. You know, um so crates it, and things like how that. is per se doing right now i think we are doing so far so good you know yeah. knock on wood yeah. and we were able to um accommodate and operate with a 25 percent capacity because per se actually was already socially distanced restaurant yeah, yeah. i mean um, Chef Keller wanted to provide space because he saw that in New York City, space is a luxury. It is. So yeah. he wanted to make sure that when you walk into Per Se, you feel the space, sure. like generosity. It is a beautiful of the space. space yeah. yeah. But we still took five tables out, and now it's even more spread out. Are you doing truffles yet? We are doing truffles. Did they just yeah. start? Because I just bought some truffles at yeah. Italy, yeah. and they're like nine dollars a gram. And I guess they weren't quite. They're white truffles, my favorite from yeah. Piedmont. They weren't quite there. I got to have a truffle expert on to talk to me about this. I harvest, think because right? uh, per se is a f- is the first stop that truffle uh, brokers okay. and truffle merchants come to, oh. and then we take our pick, <laughs> and oh. then they go somewhere else. I don't uh, know. I, gotcha. no, I don't I, know if if, if, if what what, I, what what kind of truffles that Italy will ca- carry, but I know because uh, there are a few truffle merchants who said that mm. we will, we will want to give you 
the best truffles because sure. you know we want to so I, I come up to per se you give me the heavy them. hand oh, shaving yeah. on the truffle oh yeah <laughs> tell me when to stop kind of thing okay yeah <laughs> perfect <laughs> i mean we just have to make sure that the amount of truffle is generous without sacrificing the balance of sure. course no, because no. you know wait if we wait too much then it's also it's oh, not, truffles not are powerful. powerful yeah um yeah. so uh you know every uh episode i end with uh asking uh somebody i say you know i'm gonna, for yours it'll be an opera mm-hmm. you'll be on stage and you're going to die at the sword of mm-hmm. somebody and uh uh but before you actually pass yeah um maybe the scene is you get to drink a bottle of something eat yeah. your favorite meal yeah. and as your eyes close a beautiful piece of music yeah. will come in so what are you going to drink i mean no i would I will probably drink a bottle of champagne yeah. and have a piece of sushi. Nice. So what, the, what champagne, what piece of sushi? Are you going to do Toro? Are you going to... I think I think if I t- were to pick like a one piece, I would definitely do just a lean lean um, cut of, of tuna. Okay. Yeah, bluefin, just lean akami, uh, marinated, lightly marinated in soy sauce. Okay. Yeah, marinated, yeah, soy marinated, lean bluefin tuna. With uh, maybe a, a rosé champagne. And a rosé yeah. champagne, okay. Yeah. I mean, right. I recently brought a bottle of uh, a gourmet, gourmet champagne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rosé. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, really I have one to turn champagne. you on to, but we'll yeah. talk about it afterwards. <laughs> uh, and what piece of music? So then, yeah, the people course, are sitting there, yeah. they're crying, yeah. and, and, and you, can, you can hear them sobbing in the audience. Yeah. You're dying, you're passing. What piece of music is playing as you close your eyes in the curtain? Nessun Dorma, nobody sleeps. You know, oh. of course, that has to be the music. Okay, you know, I think that's the one that I, uh, that the the chef, my uh, chef Nakajima, uh, loves. Ah, yeah. So that's the that's the piece traditionally that I stay until the end, and and then he and I basically he conducts me with the with the chopsticks and <laughs> <laughs> and I sing Nessundorma. <laughs> yes, that's what we'll do next yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Haksu, thank you so much for being on uh, Drinking on the Job yeah, and thank DOTJ you for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, this was fun, fun, and I look forward to many more sushi and food adventures with you. I will come up with a heavy hand yeah. truffle dinner. All right, yeah, looking uh, forward to having you at Per Se, or looking forward to having a great food and wine experience with you soon. All right, thank you, thank you. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then. I'll see you at the bar.